Welcome to the Fantasy Basketball Podcast with not quite a layman, not quite an expert, Pod Tom. No balls ass. This is your host, Pod Tom here, the podfather for the Fantasy Basketball Podcast. So on draft night, what a glorious night it was. I was sitting next to Sean, the people's champ and the projected champ, MVP, big daddy, lovable dude. And on his left was his new uh, bromance, maybe his boyfriend, man crush, whatever, uh, Lechley Jamise. So as they were sitting there, Sean mentioned a player, Kyle mentioned a player, and Sean goes, oh, easily top 50 of all time. Sean, or, uh, Kyle did a double take, looked at him, was like, really? Top 50? And Sean, with a grin that I can only assume he wears when he writes his power rankings, is like, hey, if you disagree, come up with your own list. Now, <clears throat> I get up and walk to the bathroom right at this point, and JB was sitting there, and he's like, oh, top 50, that's easy. It's just the top 50 guys that we drafted here in this draft. So I was thinking about it, and I'm like, huh, that'd be kind of funny. Who are the the greatest 50 NBA players? So I had a training the next day in Lansing, and as I was sitting there, it was quite a boring training. (sighs) Having a cup of tea with honey as I do this. Um, But as I was sitting in this training, I had like six hours at the same table. So I was like, you know what? I'll make a top 50 list. So I, I started it. And something you might not know about me, or maybe you do, and maybe it's like one of those very evident things, is I'm kind of obsessive. And certain things just like stick with me, and I cannot get rid of them until I scratch the old itch. So with this one, I was like, okay, a top 50 list. This seems really fun. So I wrote one down. I was going to record it, put it out there kind of as a joke, and then go for debates. But the obsessive part of my self has ended up spending about 20 hours, I think, I've got into this list so far. And I encourage all of you to come up with your own because it's a lot fucking harder than you think. Because you start out thinking, you look at championships. Well, then you got Bill Russell, obviously, as king. Well, in his eight championships, he had like six guys that won a bunch of those with him, and they're obviously not top 50 players. So then you're like, okay, what do I do? Do I do stats? Well, then if you look at stats and comparative stats, you have guys who scored a shitload of points before the three-point line. So do you have to factor anything in if some of these guys would hit, or how do you do that? Then you look at it, and you're like, okay, well, what about like just... Uh, what about other, like, then you look at other championship numbers and it's like, well, this guy chased a ring or that guy did a ring. And how do you like evaluate a championship, right? Like the 2011 Mavs went against a great team and nobody could believe they won it. So like, how much is that worth? And does it, how much does it count for Jason Kidd and Jason Terry and, and the Dirk and all that. So then you have all this stuff in, but the, the stats obviously do matter. So then you go and you look at it, and you have a lot of resources to pull from. I mean, basketball reference is awesome, and you can go a ton through here. So you start pulling up, like, some stats, and the NBA has a basketball fan. Well, 
bas- there's a basketball hall of fame as well as the NBA came up with the top 50 players of all time. Well, that list came out in like 1996, so that one's pretty dated, and there's certain guys you can cross off. So then you go through and you look at a list like that, and then you start asking certain types of questions, or you start looking at certain types of numbers. So on the greatest 50 list, it had it had like the how how often they were an all all star, how many MVPs they won, how many Finals MVPs they won, and how many championships they won. So it's like it was super easy to cross a few of those guys off if they didn't have a championship or they didn't have an MVP and they didn't have a finals MVP. But then you think about it and it's like, okay, a guy like Andre Iguodala has three championships and a finals MVP, but no way is he a top 50 player of all time. Whereas some of the guys on that list were you look at them and you're like, eh, they're, I, I'm not quite sure how they got in. So what I did is I ended up using the top 50 players quite a bit. I looked at the all-time points list, and I looked at um, the all-star appearances. So to me, the all-star appearances were actually a, um, pretty big, a pretty big deal. So if you look at it, if you look at the number of all-stars, Appearances you have at the top you have Kareem Abdul Jabbar with 19. Then there's guys who are counting, and it's like pretty impressive to see who's there and who's been there like almost every year. Like, no one really made it as a rookie, pretty much. And then you kind of go down. So, there's a pretty clear division after like there's only a few guys that have made um, 12. There's only, uh, I think, 13 guys who have made 12 or more. Then you look at the number of 11, and there's like one, two, three, four, five, seven more. So that's like 20 guys. But then you look at 10, which double-digit all-star appearances is pretty impressive. But if you like look at that, that includes like Carmelo Anthony and um, <clears throat> Paul Pierce, guys that I, I don't think are in the top 50. So what I did is I put a line at 11. So if somebody made 11 or more all-star appearances, they're in the in the top 50. So that included two guys that weren't on my original list, which was which were um, Dwayne Wade with 12 appearances and Chris Bosh with 11. So those guys made the top 50 based upon their all-star appearances. Now, this is a list that at first I thought was going to be funny with lots of debate. I really hope you guys submit some of your own. And if you do, just send them to therealtombrad at gmail.com, and I will gladly upload your entire monologue. But here goes mine. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start from 50, go down to 1, and I'm going to walk through them by 10s. Then I'll do a quick summary of those 10. So without further ado... Pod Toms, 50 Greatest Players of All Time. Coming in at number 50, we have Robert Parrish. He's a four-time champ and nine-time All-Star. Pretty pivotal point uh, player on his four teams, so I think that that's fair. Number 49, I took a lot of leeway in, and this may be my most controversial pick, but... At 49, I went with Muggsy Bogues. 
Now, his stats aren't the greatest, but he played like 12 years, <clears throat> and he's the shortest pl- NBA player at five foot three. So thinking about that, that's like the height of my wife and her playing in the NBA with guys that are like seven foot seven. So the fact that he could be on an NBA roster that long, get drafted and taken seriously at 5'3", is pretty amazing. So Muggsy Bogues comes in at 49. At 48 is Chris Bosh, two-time champ, 11-time All-Star. Unfortunately, his playing career was cut short. Um, Heard rumors of him trying for a comeback, but we'll see if that possibly happens. Love to see him in L.A. At 47... We have, and this one was like a little bit of a toss-up because I really didn't want to put him on the list, but it's John Stockton, a 10-time All-Star, the all-time assist leader, and he'd made the dream team. And I remember when that came out, he was widely considered one of the top players. So those credentials together put him in there, even though I would have loved to bump him out. At uh, 46, we have Dwayne Wade. Three championships in 06, uh, 2012, and 2013. And the 06 championship, he was just a beast. Um, Actually, was that 06 or 05? Had a quick pause and look at that one. Okay, it was 06. And Dwayne Wade just, like, completely was awesome in that series at uh number 45 i have uh mr clutch himself robert ory and this is one that i was you know thinking about him in particular and he's a guy who has seven championships on three different teams and on all three teams he was a a very key contributor so he's somebody who he hit so many clutch shots and I remember watching him and it was like, he just seemed to shine on that platform. So if rings matter, which they do, he is one of the, he's got some of the most championships of anyone. And unlike some of the guys that rode the coattails in the Bill Russell era, he contributed to all three teams. So he's at 45. At number 44, we have another key contributor on two teams, uh, one of the most iconic teams of all time, and also of the bad boys. And this, of course, is Dennis Rodman. Number 43 is like one that I'm not like if you told me this guy wasn't actually in the NBA and I just got totally uh, punked, I would believe you. But he's 11th on the all time scoring list. And that's Dan Issel. I looked up a few clips on YouTube know nothing about him, but I figure if he's 11th and I think he's in the Hall of Fame, so he's got to go there. Number 42, and this is my first projection. I've taken liberties on about four players, but number 42 of the top 50 of all time is Anthony Davis. I think he's somebody with a very high ceiling if he can stay healthy. And although he's a projection, I think that what he did in the playoffs last year against the three seed in the West was very impressive. He can shoot threes, he can dominate games, and we're just going to hear about him for years. So I think when it's all said and done, he's going to 
be huge. In front of him is another big guy, an 11-time All-Star, who I wouldn't have put on the list because he didn't win any titles. But the fact that he hit 11 All-Stars, he's on there in general, and that is Patrick Ewing. So, quick recap, 50-41, to 41, Robert Parrish, Muggsy Bogues, Chris Bosh, John Stockton, Dwayne Wade, Robert Ory, Dennis Rodman, Dan Issel, Anthony Davis, and Patrick Ewing. Okay, starting at from 40 to 31. Another projection, uh, the 40th is Giannis, the Greek freak. Um, he is somebody who could be, I think when it's all said and done, a top 15 player of all time. What the guy can do is crazy, and he's, I mean, he's up there. If you were starting a team, that's like sort of what I factored it on too, is if you were to start a team with anyone and you could take them over like a top 20 player and you'd be like, oh yeah, I'd take Giannis over Bob Cousy. Then I said, yeah, sure, he's on there. So Giannis is 40. 39 uh, is a one-time champ, 10-time All-Star, another member of the 92 Dream Team, and that is Clyde the Glide. Drexler, loved him when I was younger, tried to get his autograph. He said no. Bitch. Number 38 is the all-time three-point leader, a two-time champ, ten-time all-star, and that is Ray Allen. Um, you know, I was really thinking about it, and he's, you know, he's somebody who he, on that 08 championship team, he was huge, and he's just a guy on your team who he was a winner. I mean, he really helped that Heat team, and I think 38 is about fitting. 37 is an old-timer. Uh, 34th in points, 11-time All-Star, and that is Elgin Baylor. Looked all these guys up on YouTube. Looks like the guy could ball. Another guy at 36, uh, Dolph Shays, 12-time All-Star. Looked him up a little bit too. Don't really know much about him at all, but he 12 times, that's impressive. Um, Number 35 is one that I think might uh, divide the league a little bit. So coming in at 35, this guy has been an MVP. This is somebody who is, when you watch him, he's like incredible how he plays, undeniably a good ball player. But he's also annoying to some people, and you don't know if you want to play with him. And that is, of course, JB's boy, Russell Westbrook. What got Russell Westbrook up here is how hard he plays and the fact that he averaged triple doubles for two straight seasons. That's fucking impressive. So 35th, well done, fashionista. 34, nine-time All-Star, 16 on the points list is George Gervin. Another guy couldn't really kick him off. Watched a few things. He seemed cool. 33. Another projection here, but I stand behind this one quite strong. And this is Sean's boy, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is a champ, finals MVP. He will win an MVP at some point. And he's one of the best two-way players, if not the best two-way player in the game. He is somebody that is a complete game changer I think that if you take him off that 2014 Spurs team where he's the finals MVP, um, Miami clearly beats them. I think he was the piece, although that Spurs team had a dynasty. Kawhi was such an integral piece, and he made – I think he's the reason that that team won. 
Um, he's also somebody I think if you take a list of all NBA of all NBA players and you were to say, okay, who is my you know who's my like who's my starting small forward? How can you not go with Kawhi Leonard? Uh, number thirty-two. We have a lot of you uh, Pistons fans. I think we'll be happy with this one. We have the twelve-time All-Star, two-time champ Isaiah Thomas. Uh, great point guard, not the best GM. And I know Adam's going to like number thirty-one, which is the uh, Lakers' coach's father, Bill Walton. MVP, two-time champ, and a great announcer. Uh, I love the games that Walton announces. And I'm actually going to use him as a quick example to support my Kawhi Leonard and uh, Russell Westbrook things. So if you look at like Bill Walton's all-time stats, and if you look at him um, and you know his career, etc., there's a lot of what if around him. A lot of injuries. People are wondering, you know, what could he have done if he would have been um, playing for longer? And because of that. He almost gets elevated historically, I think. Um, so he's 31, but I think he's just a great example of the fact of, like, what could he be? So here we have it. 40, Giannis. 39, Clyde Drexler. 38, Ray Allen. 37, Elgin Baylor. 36, Dolph Shays. 35, Russell Westbrook. 34, George Gervin. 33, Kawhi Leonard. 32, Isaiah Thomas. 31, Bill Walton. Now, from 30 to 21. And here I'm going to quick preface this these 10 by there is the historic guys that fit all the criteria are in the low 20s here. But can't wait for your reactions on this one. Probably you guys will be surprised. But number 30, I'm going with Kevin fucking Durant. Um, as much as it pains me to do this, he's a great player. Uh, he's an MVP a game changer, a two-time finals MVP, although especially the second one was bullshit, nine soon-to-be ten-time all-star. Uh, he can change the league uh, He this summer when he decides where to go, which obviously won't be the Warriors. He's going to change that team's title odds, and he's the second-best player in arguably, well, I'm, I don't think it's even arguable, in the best era of the NBA. So you take the second best player in the best era, he definitely is up there. Um, 30. At 29, we have Charles Barkley, an MVP, 11-time All-Star. I was going to bump him back, but he was kind of a freak of an athlete and just loved him as a kid, and he played with a lot of heart. At 28, we have Allen Iverson. Iverson, 11-time All-Star and MVP, almost won a championship with the 76ers, which would have been like him carrying that team on the back. But he also changed, I think, the culture of the NBA, both for bad and for good. Um, I think that he is part of the 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 way, reason that the guys are like so professional now is like from watching him. I think they love how he, they carried him. He carried himself, but realized that he could have done a few things to further his career. So I think he was just goes even beyond ball. Uh, 27. I struggled with this one a little bit, but it is a two time MVP. Only 13 people have won multiple MVPs. So Steve Nash, even though he doesn't have a championship comes in at 27. 
At number 26, we have the Admiral, David Robinson, two-time champ, MVP, 10-time All-Star. And, you know, he was like, just talked about, I mean, he was the big man. At 25, this is one that um, took me a little bit. And as I was going through, like, I would never have put this player this high. But when I looked at the numbers, I was super surprised. Then when I, like, listened to and looked a little bit more into him, I was like, yeah, dude deserves to be way up there. And that is uh, Kevin Garnett, champ in 08 with the Celtics, number 20 in all-time points, 2004 MVP for the 0304 season, and 15-time All-Star. So he is their only two people that have more all-star appearances than him being Kobe Bryant and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And if those two dudes are above you, that's pretty good. So good work, Kevin. Okay. From 24 to 21, these are all old players. Uh, 24, we have George Mikan. Um, he's one that like, I know JB would scoff at and be like, Oh, he's the type of guy who's like an era player. But he caused a complete rule change. Um, all the rules around the basket are because of George Mikan, who was a five-time champ. 23, Elvin Hayes, uh, 12 all-time in points, 12 all-star appearances. Uh, 22, John Havlicek, 19 in points, 8 championships, and 31 triple-doubles. Um, played with Bill Russell and uh, was very important member of that team 21 bob Cousy, six championships one mvp 13 all-stars and 33 triple doubles which especially in those eras was really hard to do so quickly recapping 32 21 we have kevin durant charles barkley alan iverson steve nash david robinson kevin garnett george mikan elvin hayes john havelcheck and bob Cousy. all right then going from 20 to 11. At 20, we have Bob Pettit, a two-time MVP, 11-time All-Star, and a champion. At number 19, we have the number six scorer of all time, a 13-time All-Star, an MVP, a, a champion in 2011, and a very improbable story, and that is the Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki. Now, Dirk is one that I think definitely deserves to be up there because people talked a lot of shit about him at the time. When he entered the NBA, which is like my sophomore year of college, uh, he was he was like one of those guys who was not really taken seriously. But then he just kept playing and he just kept scoring and he had a shot and could do things that were so uncommon for the era that he's now extremely respected and he's just a legend for sure at 18 we have jerry west um i feel a little bit like a uh, bandwagon hopper honor for this one but looking at it i mean he is the fucking logo of the nba He's 25th in all-time points, 14 All-Stars. Uh, I think only a champ once because he kept losing to uh, Bill Russell's Celtics. But he gets 18. At 17, this one pissed me off too, but what could I do about it? And that is Carl the Mailman Malone. 
Malone is the second all-time scorer. He's only 1,400 or 1,459 points behind um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time leading scorer. And I think that by us being able to watch guys like LeBron James and Dirk Nowitzki and Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and getting to see how many fucking points you have to score to get up that high, you realize like Carl Malone scored a shitload of points. So that puts him at 17. The fact that he and Stockton couldn't close it in Utah, I think, uh, is why he is not higher. Could they have beaten Jordan the Bulls like once or twice? He'd probably be a top 10 guy. But without without a ring, he's at 17. At number 16, we have Dr. J, the number eight all-time scorer, king of swag. His hairstyle made a statement. His dunks made a statement. An 11-time all-star, an MVP, and just an iconic, iconic player. Game changer and pioneer, very deserving of 16. At 15, we have Kobe Bryant, the number three all-time scorer, an 18-time all-star, five-time champion, and he had uh, 81 points in a game. I mean, Kobe Bryant, to me, is epitomized by his final game. In that game, when he's going out, after sitting out a bunch of games and just trying and doing this tour, he scores 60 points, hits a game winner, and hits the clutch one. Great, great player. The reason I have him at 15 and not higher is really just personal preference. Um, I don't really like the way... That he played. Um, I thought it was a lot of selfish ball, and I think that it was, you know, where he was a very, very clutch and great individual player, I think he peaks at 15. At 14 was Oscar Robinson, 12-time All-Star, an MVP, a champ, the leader on the triple-double list, 181 triple-doubles. I mean, that's more than two entire seasons, and he's number 14 on the scoring list. I think to be that dominant is just insane. So well done. At number 13, we have Moses Malone, a 13-time All-Star, a three-time MVP, number nine on the scoring list. Uh, Moses Malone got three MVPs in four years and was just a beast. At number 12, we have Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon, a two-time champ, one-time MVP, 12-time All-Star, and number 13 on the scoring list. Um, He was somebody who, you know, I'd be kind of a poser to really talk about him that much. I loved watching him uh, and know he was a beast. And just seeing them and that Houston team just take over when Jordan was playing baseball was crazy. Speaking of Jordan, his uh, teammate Scottie Pippen comes in at number 11 of all time. Uh, Scottie Pippen was a six-time champ, and he was on, depending how you count these things, he was on probably the most well-known team of all time. And as great as Michael Jordan is, and as much as people talk about Jordan, it's always in the same breath as Scottie Pippen. So you have Jordan and Pippen, those two go hand in hand. I think if you get rid of Pippen, I mean, Jordan does not have six rings. That's like a hundred percent true. So the fact that Pippen was Jordan's right hand man, 
And the fact that Pippen was so good in his own right puts him at 11th on my all-time list. So recapping, 20-11, Bob Pettit, Dirk Nowitzki, Jerry West, Karl Malone, Dr. J, Kobe Bryant, Oscar Robinson, Moses Malone, Hakeem the Dream, Olajuwon, and Scottie Pippen. Then we have the top 10. So I spent a fuck ton of time going through these 10 guys, and I'm really, really happy with my list. At number 10, we have Shaq. Shaq Diesel, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq was a four-time champ, three with Kobe and the Lakers, one with Wade and the Heat in 06. He's a 15-time All-Star, a top 10 scorer uh, at number 10 right now. And he changed how teams played. I mean, this is in the height of the Sports Center era during at prime time and midday. And most of the talk was how do we guard Shaq? What do we do? Do we hack him? Can we hack him? They were talking about changing the rules, which hadn't been done since like a George Mikan and since a Wilt Chamberlain. So the fact that they did that for Shaq in the early 2000s and late 90s is insane. Um, he could easily have about three more championships uh, with the Magic um, and also with that Cleveland weird, weirdly assembled Cleveland team. But Shaq was just a beast. And he's one that like he just strictly watching a game and watching him dominate there were very few people who could do that. Very deserving of top 10. At number nine, and I was listening to Bill Simmons today, and he was talking about this, about Larry Bird's um, advanced metrics and how they stack up. So it was between Shaq and Larry Bird for number nine. So I did have um, a little bit of a recency bias on this one. But Larry Bird is a three-time MVP, a three-time champ, and a 12-time All-Star. He also, he was somebody who was so fun to watch, and he played in the most iconic game of all time, the 79 National Championship, where he lost, thank the Lord, to uh, Magic Johnson and Michigan State University. Uh, But Larry Bird was a beast, very fun to watch, very deserving of top 10 and number nine. At number eight, we have Steph Curry. And this is one, this is probably a hot take, but I think it's the only take. Okay, Curry is a three-time champ. He is a two-time MVP, the only unanimous MVP in history. He also has changed the game in his own right. Teams shoot three now, threes now all the fucking time because of Steph Curry. Steph Curry has the, the single-season three-point record with a 400. He beat the other record by like 100, I think it was 112. He's got the like two of the three or something I don't quite have it in front of him. He had... And he had the record for, with 300 or with 286 threes in a season in 2014-15. Then in 2015-16, he had 402, crushing his own record by over 100. Then in 2016-17, he got 324. 
So that is just insane. He's got the top three of all time, and then Clay Thompson has the fourth at 276, and then Curry's got the fifth at 272. So he is just uh, crushing that, and I think changing the game is huge. Um, at number seven, we have Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan is the 17, number 17 scorer of all time, and he led the Spurs to five championships, two MVPs, and two decades of stability. The Spurs are kind of the poster child of what a stable franchise looks like, and Tim Duncan is the uh, representative of all that. I mean, boring to watch if you're not a fan of him, but so consistent and so good that if he was on your team or if you hopped on the bandwagon like Sean does, he'd be your guy. Very well-deserved Tim Duncan. Then we have at number six, another center, Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain... To just to just kind of like put this in perspective of how many points this dude scored, he has the top four seasons in NBA history of averages. He's got the number one averaging 50 points a game. He's the only player to score 100 points in a game. Then he's got the next three seasons with 44, 38, and 37. That is insane. To put that in perspective, the only modern guy that's done something even similar is Jordan had 37 points a game in uh, 86-87. So that's 13 points a game more Will Chamberlain averaged. Uh, his I think his career stats were like 30-some points and 22 rebounds a game. Incredible. So Will Chamberlain... There is very deserving. Yeah, career stats, 30 points a game and 22, almost 23 rebounds. He also has the most points in a single season with 4,029. To put that in perspective, Kobe Bryant in his most prolific scoring season had 2,868 points. Michael Jordan, in his most prolific season, had 3,041. Will Chamberlain scored 1,000 points more than that in a season. That is incredible. So, well done, Will, at number six. At number five comes our la- uh, another center, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a six-time All-Star, a six-time NBA champion, and a the all-time scoring leader. That is an incredible statistic. And just to put, like, he he scored the most points in NBA history. Wilt Chamberlain scored a shitload each year. But Kareem outscored him by 7,000 points. To give just a little bit of a comparison of this, Michael Jordan is at 32,292. Kobe Bryant at 33,643. Kareem had 5,000 more points than Kobe. This dude was just scoring all the time. So very deserving of number five. At number four, we have another Laker, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson had 138 triple-doubles, five championships. Uh, He was at the center of all of those, a 12-time All-Star, and he had the it factor. He could play all five positions, started all five positions, and made all of his teammates better. Uh, I think part of the reason, I mean, his assists and triple doubles certainly helped Kareem 
get to that point and certainly help Kareem get those six championships. So Magic Johnson, very deserving of number four. Love you. One of my top five players of all time, no doubt. Um, Almost was number three, but I couldn't really put him in front of Bill Russell because Bill Russell averaged 22 rebounds a game, had 11 championships, 11. That is, I mean, we go on and on about somebody winning two or three. He had 11. Most dominant player of an era, Bill Russell. And now, the top two. At this point, I was really hoping to do a Jeff Probst season two of Survivor and say, I know you all really want to hear the results now, but you're going to have to wait. And then have it go through like you watch the whole show and then you finally go and then they do the final tribal council live in Los Angeles. So what my plan was, was to have Sean and Kyle come on and do the Jordan LeBron debate. We tried and obviously those two worked as a tandem and said, no, Kyle at first said yes. Then Sean said no. So Kyle said no. And then I think they just hung out, gave each other back rubs and probably talked about it. Didn't want to do it on the pod. So now you get me. And when it comes to the LeBron Jordan debate, as far as I'm concerned, they're tied to me. And you can go ahead and call this a cop out if you want, but I don't. I think there's a plateau that you can reach and two players have reached that peak. It's kind of like what's called the Everest of the game. Jordan and LeBron are standing alone at the top, looking to looking down at guys that came close, but they're both up there. The debate going back and forth, you can you can talk about it all you want. Jordan's got six finals. LeBron has three. LeBron's been to, I think, nine finals. Jordan was two six. His record is six and oh, where LeBron is three and six. Okay, fine. Which matters more, that you got your team there nine times or that you won all six times you were there? Jordan has a six-time finals MVP. LeBron is a three-time finals MVP. You look at their stats, um, you know, they're so close. LeBron will be passing Jordan uh, probably this season in points scored. And one thing that's interesting is Jordan actually would be the top 10 scorer if he didn't come back and play those two years for the, for the Wizards. Um, also factoring in, I think when you take Jordan, you have to factor in that he took two separate breaks. I mean, he retired from the game, what, three times? Now, when I was going back and forth looking at it all, and I think the debate is interesting, but the fact, I've, I've been a LeBron guy forever, and you guys know this, but if you took five years ago when people were having the same debate, it was like Jordan, 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 and now the debate is even. On the ringer, they say always say that anyone under 30 goes for LeBron. Anyone over 30 goes for Jordan. And Jordan obviously was my favorite player growing up. I mean, watching him on the Bulls was something special, something amazing. And if I had one player in history that was going to take the last shot, I would give the ball to Jordan, no doubt. But if I had to choose one player to play the fourth quarter of a game, I'm taking LeBron. Um, if you take, if you do the five on five thing, I think five LeBrons beat five Jordans. And 
I you just you look at the complete game. The reason that I don't uh, go a two one ranking here of Jordan two, LeBron one, is I think that what Michael Jordan did on the basketball court allowed for LeBron to be the player that he is. He saw what he could do. He got to see Jordan's work work ethic. Um, I think the coolest thing in Jordan's game is when he was watching film of like the tiny nation they played in the Dream Team and everyone else was out partying. And he said, I never underestimated an opponent. I mean, Michael Jordan is foundational probably to who all of us in the league are as people. I know that he was the coolest of any athletes. He had the most confidence of any athletes. He was so fun to watch that even his commercials were cool. And there's a phrase, be like Mike. Well, I think LeBron is like Mike. But when you go to a complete basketball player in person, you cannot do more than LeBron James has done. He'll probably be the number one scorer of all time. He he was a finals MVP leading his team in blocks steals, assists, points, and rebounds. That is unheard of. And when you look at his finals record, nobody takes into consideration the teams he played with. Uh, You could have Sean, Andy, Kyle, Dewey, and LeBron, and you don't know, like, that's the same team he had in 2007. The 2015 Cavs that almost knocked off the Warriors and had them essentially scramble, lose to LeBron the next year, and then do the BS move of getting Durant. LeBron almost beat that Warriors team, who went on to have the best single record of all time, with himself. I mean, uh, Irving and Love did not play in that 2015 Finals, which people overlook. So to me, the two are tied at the top. One and two... I think I see both sides of the debate. I personally, I mean, LeBron is my hero, um, but I think there's a plateau that can be reached. They share the one spot. Anyway, I would love some feedback. Really hope you guys enjoy this long segment. And send any uh, content to therealtimebrat at gmail.com. This has been the Fantasy Basketball Podcast.